Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. It's a week to the day that we got it handed to us by Ohio State in the big house. No one is more exasperated with the state of affairs in this rivalry than former Michigan players. On our December Extra, we are joined by Michigan great Jamie Morris, who, while disheartened, is still hopeful his friend and former teammate Jim Harbaugh will and can do what it takes to compete with Ohio State. As Jamie says, the hard part is how much time it's going to take. Before Jamie joins us, I have a cell phone alert for you. As happens from time to time, we record our guests when they are on the go and using their cell phones. In this business, we know one thing. The old landline smokes cell phones every time for audio quality. So I apologize in advance for the sound quality of today's interview. Jamie Morris is up next here on our December edition of the Michigan Man Extra in partnership with our friends at SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Here with us on our extra segment this week as we uh, look back at what happened on Saturday and even look ahead is Michigan great Jamie Morris, also known to uh, a lot of folks in the Ann Arbor area as the host of the M-Zone on the ticket WTKA. Once again, it's been a while, Jamie, but it's great to have you back with us. It has been, Mike, but it's great to be back on. And, uh, you know, I know it's not the uh, greatest of moments to talk, but hey, it's about Michigan football. We just got to get better. You were a former teammate of Jim Harbaugh's. Uh, you know him well. Uh, you can tell by the look on his face Saturday, he is far from being done with this, isn't he? Yeah, he's very far from being done with this. I think it eats him worse than anybody. Uh, he knows what this rivalry is all about. I mean, when when your father coached here um, and when you played here for four years, and he knows. You can see it in his in, in facial expression and everything like that. And he just wants to get back to work. What a talent gap there was on display there Saturday between Ohio State and Michigan, which for a lot of our fans, we cover recruiting on this show, it seems like, all year. And when you look at the recruiting breakdowns year after year, Okay, Ohio State's, you know, top five, but we're not far behind. I wonder what a lot of my listeners wonder, how can there be that big of a discrepancy? Well, I guess where, where, where the discrepancy comes in, I think you've got to go back a little way before. I mean, we, we um, Ohio State has expanded, under Urban Meyer, have expanded their recruiting base beyond the borders of Ohio, beyond the borders of just the East Coast. They've gone... South, they've gone west, they've gone all the way out to the west coast. I mean, Michigan is a nationally recruiting school, too. But, um, I mean, Ohio State, I mean, they were the first ones to win the new football playoff uh, championship. They're well known. That being said, Jim Harbaugh comes in four years ago. And look, Jim Harbaugh has done a yeoman's job putting this team together. Look, he took a 5 seven team. Like a lot of people don't realize took a five and seventeen, he took somebody else's recruits, somebody else's players, and turned them into a ten and three team. Now he's been building on that, building that recruiting base is, is as much as he can, but Ohio State's had that had had a head a head start. And is the gap closing? Sure it's closing. Is it closing as fast as we want it to? No, it's not closing that fast because they're a known commodity. 
they're an elite program. I know a lot of people are going to be mad about that, but they've gotten to they've gotten to the status of uh, 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 Alabama and Clemson. Those are the those are the three three programs I think that are elite. So we're trying to get there. I know that Jim Harbaugh's working hard at it, and that coaching staff is getting out on the road as soon as possible. Well, another thing we've heard about since Saturday, and this really irritates me as well as a lot of my listeners, is not only was there a talent gap on Saturday, but you heard a lot of the national outlets, not during or before the game, but after the game in the following days, say there's also a coaching gap, which uh, I disagree with. How do you feel about that? I fully disagree with that. There's no coaching gap. Look, we may not have the gap that uh, Ohio State has, and they can roll people in if we get if we get some key positions hurt, we may not be able to roll that high talent in because it's either younger or we just don't have that replacement. But there is no coaching gap. This this uh, coaching staff was put together well, uh, and I think yeah, I think you'll see it blossom as we get more athletes in, as we get more talent in. You'll you'll be surprised. I think our defensive line was a little. Was, I, I think our defensive line was a little weak after we losing. Chase Winovich and Rashawn Gary last year, and we came back with, with some young people. Mike Danner transferred in, but we had some gaps there. We will get better. If you look at it, people talk about the offensive line. Ed Warner is probably the best. If not the best, he's one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. There are four or five guys, freshmen, that sat the whole year that haven't had an opportunity that are biting at the bit. Ed Warner will have some horses on that offensive line last, next year. So there's no coaching gap. Maybe a recruit, maybe a recruiting gap from a depth standpoint, but there is no coaching gap. Well, as far as that recruiting gap goes, you know, right now I think Ohio State has the number one recruiting class in the Big Ten for 20, number four nationally. We are at 12 right now, but a lot of great players still uh, on the fence that could commit in the uh, the coming weeks here. What does Michigan have to do to close that recruiting gap? Well, they got to go sell Michigan. they got to go sell the best parts of Michigan. They had to go tell them and show them what Michigan offers. I mean, as a student athlete here, you, you have a great opportunity to come here, graduate here, um, be a young man or a pillar of the, of the community, and you can and sell themselves. I mean, we have new facilities just like everybody else. We have everything just like everybody else, but you've got to sell the essence of Michigan. No, and I agree with that completely. I was talking to Nick Baumgartner from The Athletic Detroit about this earlier, and I mentioned to him, though, I mean, it seems like this is one thing no one wants to talk about right now on the landscape in college football. But Andy Staples, who's a a great writer, college football writer for The Athletic, mentioned on Saturday something that I got my yellow highlighter out as soon as I saw it. He, He said that, Eight years ago, Ohio State made a decision at an institutional level to compete for national titles. And he's not sure Michigan, as an institution, would ever make those kinds of changes. So I guess that brings me back to, he didn't say it, I think he meant this, can Michigan recruit against Ohio State without lowering the bar academically? I don't know if they want to do that. No. I I, I don't think the university wants to do that. I don't think... uh, I don't think Jim Harbaugh wants to do that. We, I mean, and there are all kinds of levels that you can do to become an elite program. Um, we win games. We 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 uh, we we make fine young men. Uh, they travel they travel abroad. They do things that 
a lot of athletes don't get to do. But it's a special group. It takes a special young man to come to the University of Michigan and uh, where you wear the winged helmet and every every opponent, everybody who is opposed to it, hates you. And if you're willing to take that on, because you can get everybody's best shot. Not a lot of young men can, can, can do that. And we find the select few, uh, few uh, very few of them take that challenge. And that's what you want. You want those young men that accept the challenge, that fit, that fit into what you're doing, and roll from there. And they give you, if they can give you the best effort they can give you, and you can walk up that field and say, we played our 100% best, then that's, that's good for me. Well, on the uh, offensive side of the ball, as a former player, uh, Jamie, you got to see Josh Gaddis come in this year. And, you know, the questions from the beginning were, would Jim keep his hands off that offense? Would he let Josh implement the way he wanted the offense to work? And I think you saw that he did. And his patience paid off. And the offense, other than those mistakes, and yes, they were some glaring mistakes on Saturday, do you like the direction they're headed under Josh Gaddis? I do. I, I, it took, it, it, well, it, I, like you said, I'm an old player. It took a little longer than I expected it to. It took, it took some weeks out of the season to uh, bring, that, bring that system up to, up to speed. But once it got up to speed, you could see what, what they could see. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to say Jim Harbaugh was like Nostradamus. I mean, he could see it way before we all thought. And, People were saying he's crazy. I don't see anything, but it finally it developed, and everybody was everybody saw it. So I think now that we have that system up in speed, we got two quarterbacks in in um, in uh, Joe Milton and uh, McCaffrey, Dylan McCaffrey, mm-hmm. who can run this offense that 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 I think will be better suited for this offense now, giving a given a year to sit back and watch it develop. Well, and there's going to be a lot of assessment and, and review of what happened on the defensive side of the ball Saturday. Don Brown's been getting a lot of heat from a lot of our fan base and, and nationally saying he's a great defensive coordinator, but he can't stop Ohio State. And, you know, when I hear that, I say, well, join the club. No one's stopping Ohio State right now. But, right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I still think, given we did have some shortcomings on that defensive line this year, not from effort, but, you know, we were, we were undersized and, and still played very well this year. I don't think there's anything wrong with Don Brown, do you? I don't think there's anything with Don Brown. I just think that sometimes he, and he, he, he's a guy that we say he's stubborn, but I think he's more adept to doing what he needs to do for his defense. He knows his personnel. He's going to take his chances. You know what? Ohio State took advantage of the, of the things that Don Brown has done. you got to keep in mind, Don Brown gives you we give out 12, 12 games of film, eleven games of film, excuse me, um before we play the Ohio State Buckeyes. So um maybe he mixes it up. You you know, it's it's um it's tough with Don Brown, but Don Brown, I mean everybody clamored for this defense when we didn't have it. Everybody hated the bend don't break defense. I mean, Michigan is known for playing hard no, hard-nosed defense for its for for the for the longest. So that being said, Don Brown brings the type of defense that you love. It's a risk. It's it's a high risk, high reward defense. I mean, sometimes you're going to get sometimes it's, sometimes it's not going to work. We I mean, Penn State we got caught in a, in a play. Uh, um, uh, the play didn't get in that they wanted to go zone, and we were in a man, and we got beat. 
it's going to happen. That's what happens. But it's the kind of defense that Michigan plays now. I think Don Grant has done an excellent job with the with the talent that he had. Um, and he really brought that defense around after what happened in Wisconsin. Uh, very proud of what he's done. I mean, we just I, I, I know the frustration with the alum with, with the alumni base, the fan base, even the former players base. We we, we, we're all up in arms. But that being said, you got to take a deep breath and remember, it was just a game and we'll, we'll get better from it. We, hey, if what, what doesn't hurt us and kill us, we will survive and we will get better. I agree with all of that. Now, you're right about taking a breath and stepping back. I think that's going to take fans uh, a couple of weeks, maybe even months. Sure it is. Maybe almost <laughs> a year. I don't know, but... You're right. We do have to have some perspective. You know, when I woke up on Sunday morning, a part of my perspective was, you know what, that Ohio State team could be, we'll find out in the next month, they could be a team for the ages because I don't know. I'm I'm an old guy, and I've seen a lot of Ohio State teams. Jamie, you played against some great teams. That is a good football team, isn't it? That is a very good football team. And when they're playing at the highest of their level, I think they're probably, again, I put them up there with with, with Clemson. Uh, um this year, I put them up there with Clemson. I put them up there with uh, the Alabamas of the world, the Alabama teams that won championships. I put them against anybody right now. Wisconsin fan base has uh, got to be a little nervous this week. I, You know, uh, Michigan fans were sort of uh, ticked off last week when we started out at, what, 12-point underdogs and then it was down to 8.5. But uh, I saw Monday it opened at 16.5-point spread for Ohio State in that Wisconsin game. Does Wisconsin have any prayer on Saturday against Ohio State? Look, anybody can be beat. That, with that being said, it depends on the the, um, the mind frame that uh, Ohio State comes in. I mean, they've got to come in and want and put and uh, put the foot down. If they've got the right, might great uh, mind frame, they'll put the game away. Uh, it's on them. If they come in, we played them before. We know how to beat them, and they let Wisconsin hang around. They'll get beat. They've got to do what they did in the previous game and uh, just keep keep throttling that gas pedal, do what they do. I mean, this is a great Ohio State team. They have a great quarterback. They have a great running back. They have a great defense. Uh, yeah, they have three, I, I want to say, three Heisman Trophy candidates on one team. Uh, where have you heard that before? Yeah, I mean, this, yeah. this is a good team. Uh, if they play like they play. When they played against when they played against Wisconsin before, and when they played this weekend, they played a hell of a game. Michigan gave them a run for the money in that first half, and they stayed in their game plan and they stayed with it. Um, you know, and they it, it, it it'll be interesting to see what they do in the uh, Big Ten championship. Yeah, and you, you're right. You never know. Wisconsin's going to bring it on Saturday, so. That could be a better game than we think. But, you know, right now, the landscape uh, of what's happening in the top 10 and the playoff rankings and all, I can actually see Ohio State, even if they're upset, uh, which would be a huge upset on Saturday in the Big Ten Championship game, I can still see them getting in the playoffs. Oh, without a doubt. With Alabama losing, uh, with uh, all the things that are going on in the SEC, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, they could lose this game very well get into the, uh, the, 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 what do you call it, the Final Four. They could get into that. I, I don't think they want to backdoor it. I think they'll, I think they'll play at, at the level. I don't know. 
don't know if I know that Wisconsin's going to give everything they got. Jonathan Taylor is a great running back, and if you if that if that uh, Wisconsin's offensive line is ready to play, maybe they keep that uh, high octane offense off the field. Well, we shall see. I think it's it could be a, a humdinger of a game. You, you you never know in championship games, so we'll wait and see how that rolls up. Getting back to um, Saturday and sort of the, the situation where we are as a Michigan fan base, Jamie. You know, one of the things that jumped out at me is when you looked around that stadium, and we've seen this for maybe the last decade, when you go into Michigan Stadium and you see all of the red in that stadium, which means our fan base, our season ticket holders, are selling their season ticket or selling those tickets to Ohio State fans. Does that just not drive you nuts? It drives me nuts, but I get it. You know what? And I'm going to say this, Mike. I'm old school like you. You, the Big Ten never should have moved the, the game around the, uh, the, uh, the holiday weekend. I think, it, I think it's terrible for football. I, I, wanted, I wanted the week before Thanksgiving. It would have been great. The kids, I mean, you had the students staying on campus for them. You have you had, uh, people being able to drive this. I think when you have that, when you have Thanksgiving on Thursday, it, it makes tough for people to come in on that on what is a shopping weekend on 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 uh, Friday and Saturday? So I got I got their drummers on that, and they sold their tickets. And Ohio State fans wanted to come up and see their team, see them finishing the season. It's an opportunity. Not there aren't many undefeated seasons that people they live for. I think you're right about scheduling the game. I mean that's uh, Pandora's box, so that's never going back. I mean, no, you're right. It's well, going to be Thanksgiving weekend, but you're right. Um, it's a, a college football game with the students being a focus. When you looked at that game at kickoff, when Michigan came out of the tunnel, there were just huge holes in the student section, which uh, that that's depressing too. It is depressing. It's very depressing. And we we say this game is for, student, for the students and then the alumni base and then the fans. Look, <laughs> and I'm talking about the NCAA. Look, when are you going to make this game for the students again? Because you just took it away from the students, gave it to the gave it to the general public and TV. And I do get it; it's for the money. Well, we're going to find out after this weekend, after all of the championship games, where we go. There's been a lot of speculation as far as bowl game, Gator Bowl, Holiday Bowl. I think Gator Bowl is one I hear um, most of. The thing is, though, it's another 15 practices. We need that 10th win. It's a very important game, isn't it, Jamie? Oh, it's a very important game. And like you said, we still need those the practices. We want to see what our young, what the young, what the young uh, younger guys, uh, the freshmen, have learned over the course of a whole season, and see where they are. So it's a great opportunity. The bowl, the, the, the whole uh, practice system that you get with the bowls, and then. Um, I mean, the Gator Bowl is great. We have a great fan base down in the state of Florida. Um, I'm sure that they would stop, they would come up to that game and watch that game. So it's a, it's an opportunity for um, Michigan football to play in front of a lot of Michigan fans. Well, Jamie, uh, as one of the greatest running backs to ever play at Michigan and also a teammate of Jim Harbaugh's, when you look at what's happened now over the last decade, last 15 years, you have to scratch your head and say, how do we get out of this? How do we turn it around? And I know you've thought about this a lot and talked about this with a lot of your ex-teammates. And how do we do it? Just got to put our heads down and, you know, and work. If it's not if it's not hard, then it's not worth it. 
I mean, every day it's got to be about who you remember about. And I don't care if you make T-shirts. I should make T-shirts for my former teammates. Every day we need to remind ourselves that is the team to be. Hey, the Big Ten championships were through Columbus until that it stopped. We're going to be angry. So that is the team we must be. And, we, and the good thing about it is, I had this on my radio show. Everybody kept asking me, why are Purdue, why are the teams like Purdue and Iowa, they get a chance, they beat Michigan, Michigan State, they beat them. Because you want to know why? Because Ohio State cares about one thing, beating Michigan. And that's our, our mission now, beat Ohio State. If we beat Ohio State each and every week, we beat everybody in between us. And then that will be the game. I agree with that 100%. I think everyone does. Uh, but a final question for you, Jamie, before we let you go. Uh, again, uh, knowing that uh, you played with Jim and know him well, boy, he looked really just really down after the game Saturday, and we all understand why. But we've been reading and hearing with the fan base. Everyone gets upset. We know that. And asking the question, why don't we move forward? Why don't we get someone else? But, you know, I always ask them, well, who do you have in mind? You are coached by a Michigan man, a competitor to the nth degree, which you know very well. What I saw on Saturday was the look of a on the face of Coach Harbaugh that it's a job unfinished. Okay, he's 0-5. He's not walking away. He's not going to quit until this changes, is he? No, he is. He, he is a competitor to the to the end. Uh, he's that he's that kind of guy. He's gonna sit there. He's gonna watch that film. He's gonna figure it out. He's gonna say, "What do I need to do?" And he's gonna, he's gonna work with these coaches. And he's gonna get it. He's gonna get it fixed. Whatever it takes right now. To him, I know it's eating. It's eating at his stomach. I know it's eating at him. And he'll, he'll, he'll put forth. And what I say to the Michigan fan base, I get what you're saying. I get what, how you're feeling. I get it. I do. We try to remember when Jim Harbaugh first got here. I mean, we were giving, they were giving away Michigan football to him with a purpose of Coca-Cola. Just think about that. That's not that long ago. Jim Harbaugh has had you in the top 10. Jim Harbaugh had you where you want to be. He had you in the top four before. We will get there. It'll be there for a long time. That's right. We just have to roll up our sleeves and keep working. And you know Coach Harbaugh and his staff are going to do that. And we believe that, I know. And you as a former Michigan great believe that. So we'll see. It's going to be a long winter, a lot of work to do. But as always, it's great to have Michigan great Jamie Morris on the show, also the host of the M-Zone and WTKA Ann Arbor. Jamie, always Always good to have you take a few minutes to chat with us and uh, sort of get our heads on straight about what's happened and where we need to go. And we look forward to having you back on the show soon. Mike, appreciate it. Thanks again to Michigan great Jamie Morris for being our guest on this month's Extra. We'll be back next week on our regular day. And by then we'll know where and who will be playing in the bowl game. Until the bowl preview shows, we will focus on Michigan hoops. And they are off to a great start. My scheduled guest next week is James Hawkins from the Detroit News. So until then, have a great Wolverine weekend, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until we meet again, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze & Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls 
at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!